What if I could share with you the worst day of my professional life without fear of judgment or ridicule and without loss of respect? Could we learn together from my experience? Case Matters, a podcast series created expressly for all Australian dental practitioners, intends to do just that. To create a shared experience where all points of view are explored to help empower safer practice. Hello. My name's Dr. Annalene Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection, and I'm going to guide you through today's case entitled, You Didn't Fix My Bite. As the title infers, the case revolves around orthodontic treatment, specifically the provision of clear aligner treatment by a general practitioner. Many parties became involved after the event and everyone had an opinion. But which view was correct? All of them? Or just some of them? And... Is there such a thing as the right point of view in this at all? Or could it perhaps be that everyone is a little bit right and a little bit wrong? We'll hear from the people involved and also look at the final outcome to see what lessons can be learned. Orthodontic treatment has become a commonplace fixture in general dental practice, with many dental practitioners finding additional education courses in the field with the end goal of adding this treatment modality to their repertoire in the expectation it will increase access to these treatments for their patients and make orthodontic treatment more accessible and affordable. Historically, orthodontics has occupied a reasonably benign position in the complaints tables. The issue with orthodontic treatment claims not being a high number of claims, but rather the fact the orthodontic complaints can and do arise many years after the completion of care when we compare it to, for example, crown and bridge work. So they didn't arrive often and the claims that did arise were not apparent quickly. In recent times, however, there has been a surge in orthodontic claims, largely related to the provision of aligner treatments by general dentists, and the claims are arriving quickly after the provision of treatment or even during treatment. This surge in complaints has not been a steady creep, but rather a marked jump. And in real terms, it has led from orthodontics leaping from roughly 6 to 7% of complaints reported to Dental Protection Australia annually to almost double that in recent years. It will certainly be interesting to see if direct-to-consumer systems influence the orthodontic complaints landscape, and this topic is explored more in the recent edition of RiskWise. The specific facts of this case are as follows. Mr. River was unhappy with the appearance of his teeth. In fact, it would be more accurate to say that Mr. River was unhappy with his mouth and lower face, and how they looked. But as commonly occurred, Mr. River did not consider his dissatisfaction as broadly as being beyond his teeth, nor vocalise it in that way to his dentist. Mr. River had a class 3 skeletal base with a small maxilla and prominent mandible. His incisors, although being in a class 3 relationship, were not edge to edge, and he had a bilateral posterior crossbite. As a young man, Mr. River had grown a beard, and he found it made him feel more confident in his appearance. He still disliked his teeth, though, and felt it time to seek treatment, having seen many adverts for invisible braces on billboards and buses and in magazines. Dr. Paris had always been interested in orthodontic treatment. She'd spent a great deal of time after graduation seeking out reputable courses to expand her knowledge and skill set. Recently, Dr. Paris had opened the practice she'd always dreamed of. It had been a long journey to get there, but she felt it was worth it to be able to work as she wished and provide patients with the bespoke experience that she felt best represented her care. 
I'll hand over to Dr. Paris to set out her assessment of Mr. River. It has been really exciting to open my own practice and I've invested a great deal of time into honing my skills and really building the type of practice that I can be proud of with the full range of services my patients deserve. I'm really privileged to have visiting specialists for endodontics, prosthodontics and oral surgery fortnightly. The experience starts at the door with fresh coffee and tea or kombucha for patients and paper-free patient registration forms. We have welcomed so many new patients to the practice, just like Mr River, young, motivated and ready for a change. I am so excited to help him. I assess Mr River as having a class three with an unfavourable incisal relationship. He told me he doesn't like his teeth and I can see why. They're quite small and square and although not terribly crowded, there is certainly room for improvement. He was interested in clear aligners and I told him that we can use these to get his front teeth in a more favourable position and then consider some whitening and veneers if we needed at the end. I took some diagnostic photos and scanned his teeth. I also took an OPG and bite wings and assessed his perio. He's dentally fit, so this is purely a cosmetic case. An estimate was issued and we'll start the aligners in about two weeks. Thank you, Dr. Paris, for explaining the first visit for us. For those of you who provide orthodontic care to your patients, do you feel her broad assessment was fair and reasonable? Is there anything you would have done differently? And what do you think is going to happen next? Perhaps it would be helpful at this juncture to ask Mr. River for his perspective. The practice was really nice, I must say, very professional. I really like the fact that it was quite modern with the iPads to fill out the form, the coffee pod machine, things like that. It certainly didn't feel like the usual dental practices I've gone to in the past. Dr. Paris seemed really knowledgeable about what I needed and showed me lots of images of other people's teeth so I could get an idea about how my treatment would look. I have to admit, the scanner was really cool and it was really interesting to see my teeth in 3D that way. The estimate was a bit steep, but I can work with it and I think it's going to be worth it. Hopefully, I won't need those veneer things because that will bring the price down, but I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Dr. Paris issued the first clear aligners with a plan to expand Mr. River's arch and flare and better align his front teeth to create some spacing in between to allow for the placement of veneers. Mr. River was very compliant with his care and aligner wear, attended when required and kept to his payment plan. Perhaps we should check in on them now as they're nearing the end of the treatment time. Mr. River's treatment is progressing so well. I really like the social six cases where we just tidy up at the front so we can really lift the patient's smile with some restorations at treatment end. They are just so quick and so easy and really satisfying. Young patients seeking simple cosmetic care like Mr. River are really the backbone of my practice and I'm trying to expand this patient base more by sharing some of my successful cases through Instagram. You wouldn't believe how many likes and new followers we are getting. We're pretty close to finishing for Mr. River. I didn't open up the gaps I was expecting, which is a bit strange because that's what I thought would happen from the digital simulation. It doesn't matter though, because I think we can still get some nice veneers in place. To be honest, even if we can't, he definitely looks better than he did when we started and he may well be happy to stay as he is. I really think I've made a difference. This all sounds very positive. Let's see how Mr. River feels. 
This treatment has done absolutely no difference to my teeth and jaw at all. Dr. Paris talked in terms of making my top jaw wider, but I can tell from my teeth at the back, this hasn't happened at all. I'm starting to feel like this is just all an upsell. After all, she had to be funding all this fancy equipment somehow. She keeps mentioning those really expensive veneers as a final step, but I'm not sure why. I don't see how they're going to sort my bite out. It's my understanding they're stuck to the front of my teeth, so how is that going to help out my bite if I'm not even biting on them? It seems there is a disconnect between the two of them, with Dr. Paris confident everything is proceeding according to plan, and Mr. Rivers seemingly confused as to what the plan actually is and why. We often see matters like this arise when the patient's presenting complaint or primary concern has been lost at the first appointment, with the practitioner focusing upon what they believe to be the key issue based on what they can see. Naturally, this can be problematic, particularly in aesthetic matters, for example. A centerline shift might cause alarm to a dental practitioner, but would a patient necessarily view this with the same concern? And if they do, how would they verbalize that? Can you see how easy it would be for a patient's expression of how they feel about their teeth to be misunderstood or misconstrued? And then how dissatisfied the patient would be when they did not receive the outcome they were hoping for, largely because the prescribed treatment was not designed to address their actual concern, but rather the concern the dental practitioner had identified during their examination. Mr. River continued with his aligners, becoming increasingly troubled by the lack of resolution of what he perceived as being his bite issue and confused about the plan. Dr. Paris noticed a change in his demeanour. How odd. I've always felt that Mr. River and I had quite a good report, but recently he's been quite short and quiet with me. I feel like I am injecting a lot of energy into the appointments, but getting nothing in return. He must be having issues in his personal life, as I'm quite sure that his treatment can't be worrying him. There is, of course, another person in the room, Susie, Dr. Paris's DA, so let's ask her what her observations are. Well, this just got awkward. He's got an issue with Dr. Paris, that's for sure. It was all good at the start, but now we are nearing the end of the aligner treatment. He has got really surly with her. Initially, I thought she was getting on his nerves a bit. Dr. Paris is really very vivacious, which I love about her, and many of her patients love about her too. But there are some who find her chatty and warm personality to be a bit annoying and overwhelming. To be honest, I think they should go and see someone else that they like better rather than sitting there being all grumpy. But she does really good work and I think that patients realise that so they stay. I've noticed that every time she opens the digital plan and reassures Mr River that his teeth are tracking well and they are going to get a good outcome, he tenses up. I don't know if it's the money side maybe. Or maybe he's nervous of needles and he's worried about the veneers. Something's up, though, and it's to do with the plan, and it's getting worse. Susie shared her thoughts with Dr. Paris. I appreciate Susie coming to tell me what she thinks, and I do value her opinion, but at the same time, I do wonder if she's reading a bit much into it. I am worried that if I ask him what is wrong, I'm going to be prying into his personal life, and how on earth would I approach it? Oh, you seem a bit off with me. Is everything okay? That feels uncomfortable to me, and like I am making it about me. I think I'll leave it. What do you think? Do you agree that Dr. Paris ought not to pry? Or do you see this as a golden opportunity not to be missed? 
On completion of the aligner treatment, Dr. Paris provided a suck-down retainer and then scheduled some appointments for the veneers. Mr. River is still confused about why he actually needed veneers and what they were going to do, and feeling somewhat bulldozed, made an excuse at reception about why he couldn't book in and decided to seek a second opinion. I went to see a specialist orthodontist. When I found through a Google search, and they certainly had a lot to say about my care. Essentially, they said, I have a jaw issue where my bottom jaw is too big and my top jaw is too small. They said the aligner treatment I've had has done nothing and could never have fixed my jaw. My only option to fix that is surgery, where they break my jaws and reset them and then maybe shave off some bone from my chin too. It's all a big shock, to be honest, and I'm not sure how I feel about the surgery but I made a commitment to myself to do whatever it takes. So I do need to consider this as a step I may need to take. I've paid thousands for an aligner treatment that has done nothing and never would have. The orthodontist said it's not even that I've had a bad treatment. I have had treatment that has been completely pointless. He did say that's better than having bad treatment that stuffs everything up, but I can't say that makes me feel any better. And then what about the veneers? They were twice the price of the aligners I've already paid for. The aligners and the veneers are nearly the same cost as the surgery. I feel really misled. I know this will sound weird, but I kind of feel betrayed too. I feel like a sucker, dazzled by the bright lights and shiny toys and conned into a treatment I didn't need and was never going to work anyway. I don't know what to do, to be honest. I'm but I think I may need to do something. I don't want this to happen to anyone else. Mr. River explored his options online and found an online complaint form for the regulator which he completed. He attached the treatment plans of Dr. Paris and the report from the orthodontist. The online complaint form gave him many options about the action he wished to be taken. He did not tick disciplinary as he liked Dr. Paris and did not wish for her to be punished, but he did tick he felt she needed more training and that he wanted his money back. It can take a week or two from a complaint being submitted to the regulator for the practitioner to become aware of it. Blissfully unaware the matter was with the regulator, Dr. Paris was reflecting on Mr. River and his detached attitude to her. She knew in her heart something was wrong and she decided to call and ask him how he was going after the aligners. I can't believe he's complained about me. I've never had a complaint before in my whole career and I feel like I've just been punched in the stomach when he told me. I thought I was going to cry, but I knew that wouldn't help either of us. I phoned and asked him why and he said it's because I didn't fix his bite and he saw the orthodontist and he needed surgery. Of course I didn't fix his bite. That wasn't what he said he wanted. He said he wanted his teeth to look better. I'll be honest, I started to get really cross and flustered, but then I took a couple of deep breaths and got over myself. I might not like it, but we're here now. I told him I wish he'd let me know he was unhappy, as I would have refunded him because his work is guaranteed. Apparently, we didn't talk about that either, because he seemed really surprised. I don't mean to be a cow, but maybe if he read his paperwork about the limitations of the treatment and the guarantees we offer, then I wouldn't be looking down the barrel of a complaint from APRA. Okay, deep breaths again. I invited him in for a chat so I could see the specialist report. He was very uncomfortable about coming in, but I said to him we need to sort it out 
and I can't do that if I can't see you. I best ring dental protection to get some advice on what to do. Dr. Paris spoke with one of our case managers who gave her some advice on how the conversation could proceed and reassured her there was nothing at this time stopping her from offering a full refund if she believed this were reasonable and would help to resolve the conflict. Dr. Paris made the decision to give Mr. River his money back at the consultation so she could at least put things right with him before dealing with the regulator. Let's ask each of them how they went, starting with Mr. River. I feel like such an idiot, a bit of a bully too. She rings me to check I'm okay, which is a really nice thing to do. And well, I had to tell her about the complaint and I could tell that she was upset. To her credit, she held it together and asked me if I would come in to talk and bring the report with me. She did recommend I read the information in the patient pack she'd given me before I came in, and I did. And just like she said, the refund warranty stuff was in there. To make it worse, when I went to the practice, she was so nice and refunded me straight away. She apologised for not meeting my expectations and for not listening to my concerns fully before jumping to conclusions. Dr. Paris offered to send me the records to my practice of choice. Well, I don't really want to go anywhere else now. She's showing herself to be so decent. First thing I'm going to do is withdraw this complaint. I feel like such a fool. I read the orthodontic report and it was all about his class 3 and the Bimax and genioplasty required. I knew he was class 3, but looking at the lateral CEF in his ortho report, it's like really bad. Looking at him now, I can see that he has masked it with his beard and also that he postures his head to try and disguise it. A learnt behaviour, I guess. I gave him her refund straight away. He didn't get the treatment he wanted, so that's fair. One of my friends said I shouldn't have because I've got lab bills and stuff, but I've also got my self-respect and my morals. Dental protection assured me that this refund was not an admission of liability, and really, he's already complained. I don't see that doing the decent thing is going to make things any worse right now. If only I didn't have this complaint looming over me, I'd feel sick even thinking about it. True to his word, Mr River attempted to withdraw the complaint. Regretfully, it had already been accepted by the regulator, so he was unable to do so. He wrote an email explaining how he'd now had his refund and he was now happy. He hoped this was enough. By and by, the letter from the regulator arrived and Dr. Paris contacted Dental Protection. Each state and territory in Australia have a slightly different name for the regulatory bodies and for the sake of consistency, in case matters, we call the regulator APRA. I'll pass over to my colleague Anita to set out what happened from here. We assisted Dr. Paris with her response. Pleasingly, her records were thorough and documented the treatment she had provided well. We were, however, unable to get around the issue that Dr. Paris had failed to take a lat CEF and failed to consider whether Mr. River would be best treated with a surgical approach and or by a specialist. Dr. Paris was able to demonstrate a professional approach to hearing Mr. River was dissatisfied and sought out some orthodontic diagnosis CPD to try and ensure that she did not make the same mistake again. Thank you, Anita. Opera assessed the matter as follows. Mr. River alleges in his complaint that he has not been provided appropriate care by Dr. Paris and provided a report from a specialist orthodontist to back this up. 
The report states that treatment has been largely ineffective and therefore does not reflect that Mr River has been caused any harm. Dr Paris has provided a measured response and demonstrated that she has met the expected standard in her professional behaviours such as record keeping and also in her actions after the complaint was received. Further, Dr Paris has shown significant insight into the treatment she provided Mr River and understands why it was not successful. Under these circumstances, ARPA has made the decision to invite Dr Paris to meet with them and talk through the issues and her actions. This type of meeting is a reasonably common occurrence and is not to be confused with more serious hearings and disciplinary panels. Essentially, the regulator wants to talk to the practitioner and see what they've truly learned and assess if they are a genuine risk to the public. Dental Protection prepared Dr. Paris for the meeting and one of the team attended with her as a support person. Anxious as she was, Dr. Paris was able to explain well why she'd made the decision she had and what she'd learned. Following on from the meeting, Artbra had this to say. We have made the decision to take no further action against Dr. Paris. While the treatment provided to Mr. River was below the accepted standard, no harm was done. Dr. Paris engaged with Mr. River thoughtfully and appropriately when she became aware of his dissatisfaction, addressing his wish for a full refund promptly. Arpa notes that Mr. River himself wrote a very supportive letter about Dr. Paris. While Arpa believes that Dr. Paris did fall below the expected standard in the care she provided to Mr. River, largely due to failings in her diagnostic and consent processes, Arpa acknowledges the steps she has taken to ensure this does not happen again. Critically, the lack of a lateral cephalus radiograph means that the preoperative assessment was inaccurate and the issues with the prescribed care flowed on from there. Dr. Paris showed significant insight into this. On consideration of all of the information, we have formed the view that Dr. Paris does not pose a risk to the general public, and ARPA will take no further action against Dr. Paris. A pleasing outcome for Dr. Paris, and we'll seek her view in a moment. Mr. River moved forwards with his orthognathic surgery and continues to be a regular patient of Dr. Paris for his routine dental checkups. Initially, there was an awkwardness between them. However, this has dissipated over time as they have a relationship based in mutual respect and trust. I'm still so cross with myself about not really considering his class three and diving into clear aligner treatment. I've learned a lot from this case and I'm grateful for that. Although I do still get the shudders when I see Mr. River is coming in. I know that his continued trust in me is the best outcome I could have hoped for under the circumstances. I know I got off lightly with APRA. It was the single most scary day of my life and I never, ever want to have to do that again. A good outcome for both parties here with Dr. Paris approaching the learning from this matter with humility and with their relationship intact. I'm going to ask Anita to run through some learning points from this case for us. Thanks, Anita. Thanks, Annalene. There are several issues we can tease out here, starting with the things that Dr. Paris did well. It is easy to forget that our record keeping is a proxy indicator of our professionalism. And when Dr. Paris was assessed by APRA, her quality record keeping shone a favourable light on her. So too did her appropriate response to Mr. River's concerns and her willingness to engage with him to resolve them. 
Both of these behaviours are reflected in the Code of Conduct, as those are pro-expects of professionals, and it is worth noting that failing to demonstrate these behaviours, or falling below the required standard, can lead to consequences on a practitioner's registration, regardless of the nature of the original complaint. Finally, Dr Paris reflected on the care she provided Mr River and showed insight into the areas in which she could have improved, proactively seeking CPD to enhance her knowledge. When we consider Dr Paris's response in those terms, it's easy to see why ARPA did not form the view she was a risk to the public. However, we cannot overlook the fact that Mr River and Dr Paris suffered a significant breakdown in their communication at the assessment appointment which essentially led to the prescription of inappropriate care. Further, Dr. Paris did receive some criticism from ARPRA for failing to take a lateral CEF prior to commencement of treatment, and it is worthy of note that this X-ray would be seen by many as a critical step to take in assessing a patient's pre-treatment skeletal relationship, regardless of the orthodontic modality proposed. Some may also say that it would be impossible to prescribe appropriate care without taking a full set of diagnostic records. Certainly, the lack of analysis led to Dr. Paris underestimating the patient's underlying skeletal discrepancy. In turn, this likely led to a failure to discuss all options, including orthognathic surgery. It is important that if practitioners are providing short courses of anterior orthodontics to patients, they are confident that this is actually what the patient is requesting and it will meet their needs. A comprehensive assessment, including appropriate imaging, periodontal assessment, and assessment of the TNJs is critical in ensuring that nothing is missed and the appropriate treatment options are provided. I also think we need to commend Dr. Paris on her desire to resolve things with the patient. As while this did reflect well on her in front of APRA, most importantly, it meant that she was able to sleep at night, knowing she had done all she could. Thank you, Anita, and thank you all for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed listening to this edition of Case Matters. The cases discussed in Case Matters are presented as an educational aid to dental protection members and to act as a risk management tool. They're based on issues arising in dental protection cases in Australia and some facts have been altered to preserve confidentiality. If you like dental protection podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.